co-op mode. Round 59. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by the Canardian, Mark Carabin. How are you doing, my friend? I am good. I am, uh, I'm, as always, excited to talk about video games, and I'm happy to be podcasting with the real Todd. I'm not sure if you listened to the last episode of Holocron Chronicles, but I called Charlie Todd. I was super tired, and that just came out. And uh, so now I'm getting the real Todd instead of imposter Todd. So uh, this is, it's a good day. Yeah, that other Todd, he doesn't like video games. He uh, likes to sing a lot. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's quite the interesting character. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so it's been two weeks, so... Mark and I have been talking about the show. It's been 59 episodes, and we're like, you know, nothing is ever set in stone in the world of media. You you, you try to adapt and understand what's working, what's not. We've done that with Secret Friends throughout the years. Mark, you, and you've done the Warp Whistle, things mm-hmm. like that. I'm sure the first episode wasn't the same as the last. Good God. Um, yeah, exactly. It's like, ooh, I, that intro music, or intro for our uh, for Secret Friends, woo-wee. Uh, yeah, don't check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're talking about, you know, we, we, we've mentioned like, you know, the fact that our show is very much similar to others. I would say our topic is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. We talk about topics and do different things like that. And that's typically not everybody has a topic. Uh, people will just do news, which you've been playing a game or something like that. But typically we do topics. And we've thought about, you know, the news, the games that we've been playing. And Mark, you mentioned something about, well, how long are episodes? You know, we don't want to be too long. We've gone long. Yeah. Uh, and that's obviously a way that gets people away from your podcast because you feel like, man, I don't have time for that. Um, yeah. It, it yes. definitely, yeah, I mean, it can be. Some people love long podcasts. Uh, my, you know, personally, I have, uh, I've, I've always looked at it as if, if it's a shorter podcast, that means I can fit more podcasts into my listening schedule because I only have so much listening time per week. I hate falling behind on episodes. And for a long time, I was very, very far behind on most of my podcasts. And I'd always, I'd message like Sean Capri or someone like, three weeks after a podcast dropped and be like, Hey Sean, remember the, the you, me Capri episode that you did, uh, three weeks ago. I have a comment about that. And, and he just like chuckle at it and be like, geez, man, like, <laughs> like catch up you know, in his polite, super awesome Sean way. Uh, but you know, like, yeah, so I, we, we have been bringing this up of, you know, can we improve streamline, the conversation a bit. And I love hearing about what you're playing and what our guests are playing. And it's always a great conversation there. So like you said, maybe uh, being every two weeks was going over news bits a bit redundant when it, you know, for me anyway, (laughs) any big news that came out, I saw it pop up in Apple news on my phone, four different Facebook groups all over Twitter and, uh, and seven different podcasts before we started recording. So, uh, so that, maybe changing a bit, I guess. Yeah, I think we've talked about, well, what can we parse the news and understand the narrative and what it means in a larger sense? You know, what do, what do we take when we see all these things? Can we come up with a understanding of, is there a 
bigger purpose? Is there something that's going on with a strategy or a trend or something that we can kind of put together when we see all these new news pieces rather than just one at a one one at a time? Right. I mean, when you're looking at the you know the the for, what is it the the forest for the trees, right? Mm-hmm. You, you may miss what you're doing. And my my business, some people are focused on the this week versus what's happening the next year. Um, right. And with this, we're in a and I and I even said to you, I think we're at a tipping point for some things um, because of what COVID has done to us and creatively and the way we consume media and also um, kind of where digital versus physical is going, uh, stores that are digital closing, preservation mm-hmm. of things. And after a while, you're like, I don't even know what to do, committing one way or the other. Who should I be with? Should I side for one platform versus another? So, um, And that's what we're going to do today, I think, in the news stories. We're going to kind of focus on more of Microsoft and what their strategy is and what it means to the players in that marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's... Funny enough, like you mentioned doing the warp whistle, and this is kind of what we started doing when, you know, while we were doing the warp whistle podcast, because, you know, when we started it, it was the Wii U days. So, of course, a lot of it was exciting and we would talk about the news, but then you kind of got that Wii U drought. So we started looking at different ways to maybe pad the recordings a bit with with something that we still found interesting but maybe it was you know more of broad picture how do you do this or you know if we were to run nintendo i'm not if we ran nintendo that's a whole different show but uh if we were to run nintendo how would we do this or or talk about a full series of games so i I find the topic thing just opens up a whole lot more uh it can be completely irrelevant to what's going on in the news or like today it can take a whole bunch of news stories from two weeks or two months or something and kind of condense them all into like you said something that we can kind of start to see a broader picture and discuss uh, in a more interesting way so i'm really excited for this new direction but i also want to hear what people think so after you listen to this or maybe right now if you want to just you know jump the gun and let us know um i'd like i'd love to hear some feedback from people who have been listening whether they're new listeners and this is their second or first episode or if they've been along for the journey for 59 um i want to hear what you guys think and uh, and just you know let us know either through facebook Twitter. We'll leave all that stuff at the end of the episode. It's in the show notes anyway, uh, if you want to get a hold of us. But um, we are making some changes, even Secret Friends overall. There's some exciting stuff coming up. So uh, change is good, and we want to hear from you. I, I do have a beef, though, Mark, before oh, no. we really get into the show. Um, a, a, a certain group of uh, gaming podcaster aficionados uh, that both have been on our show um, mm-hmm. had the audacity to start a new podcast, and I don't think they checked their copyright and <laughs> claims. Uh, a certain uh, Mr. Insipid Ghost and Mr. Badbit mm-hmm. are doing a podcast with another gentleman um, from Season Gaming, I believe, and it's called the Co-op Cast Podcast. Yep. I'm like, of all the cast names, co-op. gentlemen. Come Is it on. cast? Yeah, cast co-op. co-op. That's it. Co-op cast. It's cast co-op podcast. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's something. I don't know. Them, Mark, them's fighting I, I see words. A, I see a, a knife in your back. Let me just pull that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm ready to throw down. I don't know. 
Yeah. I think at we first did the I thought it was with the co-ops. The I co-op think so. Though. At first, I thought they were like doing a, a, a casting couch mm. uh, podcast that was for more of the adult industry, but I guess I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe that's the route they'll go. Only fans yeah, podcast. I'm sure. <laughs> I think. Uh, I mean, I haven't listened to that show because uh, you know Joe and uh, and Luke are trash. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Just joking, love you guys. Um, but no, I I, uh, I I can only assume that that is a spinoff show where they talk about what we do on this show. Oh yeah, that's right. Right, like Walking Dead or the Talking Dead. The Talking Dead. Yeah, I, I assume that they just talk about you know handsome and funny that we are and uh, and and discuss what we've discussed and just you know just sing our praises. I'm gonna have to tune in. I'm going to I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to smash that like button. And uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll be disappointed because that has to be what it is. Right. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah. Uh, the podcast based on the podcast. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, there we go. Well, um, you know, don't listen to that podcast. Listen to ours, folks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Throwing gasoline there and just lighting the match, throwing it, walking away like the flick the cigarette kind of thing. Just maybe that's our new. That's going to be our new uh, new segment. I've got a beef. I've got. <laughs> Where's the beef? Yes. Uh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's burn some bridges. I think so. Yeah, why yeah. not? All right. It's all these you know, all these feuds. Why not? Mega Dads, we're coming for you next. I guess I don't know. All right, we'll see how that goes. But um, until we start our next feud, we've been playing some games. So, Mark, um, I've got a question about this first game because I know this one's a little bit controversial. The Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake. What's controversial about it? Well, like the Activision like path to upgrade the game if you bought it on one platform and try to get it on the next platform. Right. So uh, the next gen update is out for this game, and that is why I've been replaying it, rediving in. I finished uh, not quite 100 percent, but I'm pretty happy with the level that I finished Tony Hawk one and I'm most of the way through Tony Hawk two. So I've been putting a decent amount of time into this game and uh, the next gen updates. Yeah, it's it's a bit convoluted. It's it's a bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There's so in order to get the next gen updates, you need the deluxe version of the game. Luckily for me, I bought the standard version digital, which is fine because then there's only a uh, Canadian. It's a ten dollar upgrade for for you guys down there. I'm sure it's something like thirty five cents. And uh, and you get this <laughs> this next gen upgrade. What it also unlocks is actually the digital version of the game. So you do get all the bonuses that if you bought the deluxe version, uh, the digital deluxe or whatever, you get those same bonuses plus the next gen update. So honestly, I was looking when I enjoyed this game so much, I was looking for a way to update to this path. I wanted the extra stuff. I wanted that deluxe version uh, stuff. And I, I wish more games would allow you to do that because a lot of times you're hesitant to jump in. And, uh, and, you know, after you do, you're like, man, I really enjoy this game. I'd love to be able to give them more money. How do I do that? And, you know, when there's that upgrade path to say, hey, well, you bought the standard version. Here's, 
you know, a $30 or a $10 upgrade for the digital deluxe version. Cool. Let's do that. So I was honestly, I was happy to throw it for this and, and get that next gen upgrade. Uh, the problem in the controversy, I think, is coming from physical versions of the game, which don't have an upgrade path, which is a massive pain in the arse. Uh, the other weird thing about this game and something I haven't experienced yet on Xbox specifically is this was a full new version of the game. So when this update came out, I paid the $10 upgrade fee and looked at my game list when I, when I got home, cause I, I actually bought it just through, uh, you know, through my, my phone at work. Uh, cause I, I'm a great employee that only pays attention to stuff that I'm supposed to at work. Uh, but I, so I, uh, I bought that at work. It's, it's set to download the little update or whatever. And I got home and it was still listed. So I have my, my Xbox sorted by, uh, which type of game they are. So Xbox series X enhanced, and you get to see the little symbol next to it anyway. Um, so it wasn't in that top list of like series X games. And I was like, why I, I got the upgrade and I, I looked you have to delete that one and download a full other version of the game. It's very Sony-esque, even on Xbox. It's a pain in the ass. Well, I think they upped Sony because at least Sony, you can have both versions. Oh, I, I can still PS5. have both. Oh, really? But you yeah. can't delete? You have to delete the one to upgrade it, though? No, I didn't or have you just to delete it. At one point, okay. I actually oh, okay. did have them both installed on my Xbox. Uh, and I could see like Tony Hawk and Tony Hawk just chilling there next to each other. I was like, what the actual yeah. Sony hell is this? And uh, anyway, so uh, luckily, unlike some Sony upgrade games, I didn't have to like upload a weird save file and download some weird file and do any of that kind of shit. Uh, I literally started up the the Series X version. It was a fairly quick download for my internet speed, which was great. Uh, so I just started that up. It picked up my character, picked up my save, did all that kind of stuff. I didn't lose a thing. I went back to the menu. I deleted the old version of the game, and I've moved on happily ever after. So um, not that much of it. But I'm so used to, like, if there's a patch, it's just that. Automatic. It's a patch. It's an update. Automatic. You get the little badge next to it. Um it, it just works, right? Like it, it, it's, this was a weird one. So um, while I'm overall very happy with the upgrade and the experience and it's, it's prettier, it's smoother, it's whatever. Um, yeah, it was weird. It was a weird upgrade path. And if this is what Sony world is like, <laughs> it's, it's painful. Did they add in Darth Maul and Spider-Man though? No, I wish. Come on, guys. That would have got me, honestly, that would have got me a digital deluxe version day one. Even one of those characters, like Darth Maul or Spider-Man, 100% day one. Um, you know, even throw in Tito Ortiz in there and get a little bit of Razor Scooter uh, action. Don't know if you remember that game for, I think, PS1, maybe PS2. Oh, was it like Razor Scooter? Razor uh, Scooter's in or something. Yeah, yeah the, the hidden character was Tito Ortiz. Because uh, anyone knew what he who he was back then, uh, especially kids that were playing a Razor Scooter game. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So I, I like digital day one for sure. Deluxe package Spider Man Darth Maul. Uh, but no, this one. Uh, yeah, the the secret characters aren't there, but the game is still fantastic. If you're a Tony Hawk fan, this is the way to go. The second I hear that intro music, it's just like, yep, here I am, doing everything I can. I'm uh, straight back. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great stuff for uh, our Gorilla Radio. It's it's just it's oh man, the soundtrack's so good. Um, I have like a super Tony Hawk one and two deluxe playlist on my phone that uh, any I just uh, man, I freaking love it. So uh, so if you miss this game, now's a great time to get it, especially if you can find it on sale. Don't get the the uh, the physical version though, unless it's I guess can you buy the physical deluxe version? Is that a thing? I honestly I haven't looked so. into it too much. I don't think so. No. Okay. I, I, unless there was like an specifically a Series X version. I don't know. Right. I don't think there is. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up, don't buy this game physical. Just download it, and uh, you'll be you'll be happier. And honestly, I think anyone playing this with the standard version should be happy, unless you have like a monitor that can do like my mon my my TV only goes up to sixty frames per second. So. I, I think I can't even remember offhand what the upgrade does. It might. Does it do 120 on this upgrade? I I do not know. Um, it may. I have to look that up. But yeah, uh, I'm not going to look that up right now because I, I just can't be bothered because uh, I want to move on to some other stuff that you're playing. But yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with the upgrade. Uh, cool. So I can't complain too much. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm just happy the save file worked uh, despite the other hiccups. And I think that series is essentially done because they did take the team off of that series to then go and work on, I believe, Diablo 3? Weird. Two. Yeah, the remake. Yeah. I'd love to know how well that sold, because that that's strange, because we saw such a, a great reboot with, uh, with Crash. Yeah. Which Spyro. led to uh, yeah. Spy and Spyro 2. Uh, Crash, of course, led to Crash 4 which I think has been well-received. We've seen these kind of like remakes, remasters, this kind of stuff working as a test bed to say, are people still interested in this franchise? And there's usually a resounding, yes, we are. And then, you know, and then you get news at least of, of something new coming. So you, you'd imagine, um, I really thought this game did well. So he kind of like, I was kind of waiting. Yeah. You know, like, it, well, and people, hey, love here's it. Tony Hawk. Yeah. 2021 or something and it's you know it's something whatever it's uh i don't even know what the numbers are up to but here's tony hawk 10 and you're getting it next uh next year so i this is weird I, i'm still holding out hope that even if they give it to a different team or something that we we still hear something from from this franchise because this game is so good i can't imagine this being the last I ever play yeah i think people would like one and i think yeah because it did well i think people were either wanting more remakes or they were wanting a new uh entry into the series so i guess we'll see how it goes yeah yeah, i suppose so what have you been playing uh so i dug into narita boy um i'm really enjoying xbox uh game pass on pc and that's where i played um this game is was i believe it was part of the xbox indies showcase they had this is a day one on Game Pass. It's there. Um, and this game, I, it stood out to me among the herd of games they announced because this was looking like a throwback to that Prince of Persia, Another World flashback type of game where the movement with pixelated characters seemed really cool. I think they used rotoscoped um, footage of people to actually do the the, the movement back in the, the olden days. We're talking like early 90s, so to do something like that was pretty cool. Have these movements of these characters that typically blocky like a Mario look like they're actually human movement. And so this was kind of feels like a... Uh, a successor in that way where they're using that same type of movement, big pixel art, really pretty. They're 
doubling down on a lot of the effects of almost that like um, eight bit like uh i guess you call it like the, the 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 pixelization on the screen or whatever so it maybe looks like it's on a like a a crt or something like that but they have a lot of effects in this and it actually bogged down my brand new gaming laptop i was getting lag in this game and i shouldn't what it was, it was dr- yes i know and i'm like what is going on so i uninstalled the latest nvidia driver reinstalled an old one it was okay for a time but then it did it again so i'm like this game should not be taxing my system it was very weird so that was that was the first frustration but i like this aesthetic they were going for and this is a metroidvania Mm -hmm. if anything you're this guy that gets resurrected you basically i couldn't tell you anything about the story it's gobbledygook (laughs) sci-fi doesn't make any sense at all they use all this nomenclature but you're essentially you start off in the real world and you basically tron-esque you get sucked into a game I was going to say the 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 poster art or whatever I've seen for this yeah. is very Tron-esque. The dude kind Absolutely. of reaching up in the sky yep. and the the light coming down it's it's uh it's very Tron-like. It definitely is. And then it but it it's gameplay is very much like a Metroidvania. Um you have to get powered up to uh open up new gates and things. You find keys, but you need specific abilities. You gain those abilities. Um yeah, I mean so it's 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 nothing special in that sense but the thing that drove me nuts there was no map mm, and that yep. is like i think what was that one that was uh it was that weird cadaver game or that weird like monster creature game that was on xbox it was an indie by devolver oh, uh, the creature shit, i just brought that one up like a couple of weeks ago um yeah. i can't remember the name of it i can't remember it either but there was that was another metroidvania where there was no map yeah and I'm not sure why that is a negative that you can't have a nap, map like Castlevania or Metroid any of those games did, which made it fun because then you know, I, oh, I can go over there eventually, but not yet. You know, and that's the whole point of a Metroidvania. This one didn't have it. So I, I got frustrated because I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over. I was just going back and forth. I'm like, what do I need to do? I can't find the thing. Oh, wait, it's this little switch that took me forever to find the switch that I do twice versus one. Once I thought I would only have to do it once, but nope. And I'm like going on walkthroughs because I'm like, I don't get this. This is dumb. So it was very frustrating rather than fun. And so I actually uh, tweeted about this. And one of the developers on the game (laughs) tweeted back and he's like, what makes this a Metroidvania? Like it's a I would say it's it's a game where you have a level set of levels where you have to gain experience and different abilities and things like that to unlock other areas in the future. I said, that's kind of my understanding. Some other people mm-hmm. have different feelings for it. And he goes, well, we thought it would be fun for the player to make the map in their memory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm just going to step away. I don't yeah. have time for this. No. Um, a ga- and it was funny. I was looking at Game Scoop uh, and Damon Hatfield the same way. It's like, I just don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. I, there's just too many games. I don't, I don't need someone to tell me to find the fun. Either yeah. I find the fun or I leave. So, yeah. yeah so, I've heard the same thing. Yeah, so I mean, it, and it's gotten mediocre scores. So I don't know if this is a game where it's just they overshot the mark, but um, it's there though. Try it out. It's on Game Pass. You have nothing to lose. You may like it and say Todd's an idiot, which is perfectly fair. And then I'll have a beef. I highly doubt I would say that. Uh, Carrion is the game that we couldn't remember yes. the name. Of. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about the other games that you've been playing? Because I have like a bigger thing, but I think that also kind of leads in a little bit to the news stuff for a big content drop. So keep going with yours. I'm curious to hear about, uh, especially a couple of, yeah, one of, one of these. Yeah. Yeah. 
on the bandwagon with Game Pass for PC again, Yakuza 0. I've never played a Yakuza game. I'm hearing everything I like a dragon. I'm like, that's supposed to be an awesome game. Mm-hmm. But um, they did something different. Yakuza has six core games, I think, or more. I don't know. There's like Yakuza 0 through 6, plus a Kiwami game, which I'm like, there's just so many Yakuza games. And like a dragon is a kind of a, a, a different take on it. But it's basically, it's a weird JR, it's not, it's a, it's a Japanese brawler RPG game. You're basically a yakuza. You're grow, you're, you're going up the ranks, living in Japan. On uh, this one, set up set in like the late '80s. It's kind of a prequel. So people have said, you know, I don't like prequels normally, but I like this one a lot because it basically introduces these characters that you know now, but kind of shows how they became friends and things like that. So, um, and it's a beautiful game. It, it's a brawler that's a lot of fun. I just think it's really, really interesting. You do have power-ups and different moves and combos. Very fun. You do have abilities to uh, gain new moves and things like that, but you got to get money. So all of your racketeering and things like that fund your basically uh, upgrades, which is kind of fun. All right. Um, but this, yeah, it's but this game has karaoke mini games, which I was bad at. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got lots of different little things, but it is definitely heavy on the narrative. You are going to be overwhelmed with a lot of dialogue. And it does something that I, I I really like this game for what it's going for, but I don't like the execution of the storytelling because mm. it will have fully voiced, fully enacted cutscenes. It's all Japanese, but there's subtitles. They're doing really cool things. They're emoting. You can see that. Then they have another cutscene where it's almost like a still cutscene where you hear the audio in the background, but you see the guy's face, but he he's not voicing any like a dialogue. motion comic. Exactly. And it makes uh. no sense. And I'm like, I don't understand why you would do that. And then other times there's no spoken dialogue in your interactions, but sometimes there is. And then you get those weird little noises and like anime, like my son watched a lot, where you're like this American character he meets who he first thing he says is I'm like, no one does that noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's and not the standard greeting down there. No, no, it's huh. not. And the dialogue is a little weird. So I don't know if this is a good localization or a bad localization. But I'm enjoying the game, but it does seems like it takes its time, and there's no way to fast-forward the dialogue. Mm. I get if it's acted or something like that, but if you're reading it, I should be able – it's just basically you either watch it or you skip it. And I'm like, well, if this was, the story is supposed to be important, I don't want to skip it. So, yeah, so someone who torn. reads fast, slow text in a game is a deal-breaker. That that – bit alone made me like i will never download this game because even as a child like my my pokemon text was as fast as it could go and i'm still like mashing a like some little squirrel on acid because i just like read quickly so get it over with um yeah all right then yeah, so some games do it well. Like uh, I'd say Witcher, Mass Effect, a lot of those games do really well. Where you can even fast forward the dialogue, but it's like it catches right onto the next phrase. Mm-hmm. It's really quick, and you can just you don't feel like you're burdened by it. And it's really important stuff. So, but there's so much of the text and dialogue, and it's told in a very in in if you're familiar with anime, Japanese filmmaking, there's just almost too much narrative in a way mm. it's just like you don't have to but there's so many cool cutscenes i'm like where where you see where this game is going i'm like this is awesome but i'm like i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to dig through the mediocre to get to the awesome so i don't know <laughs> gotcha. if it's gonna draw me back in but and if and if and if 
you are not liking what, I, what I'm telling you. You may not like more of the games in the series because I think this is like the newest version of the Yakuza right. versus like like a dragon, which like a dragon is brand new, but that turns into a JRPG. It's turn based, and I heard it's like 80 hours long. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Nope. And if you don't like reading cool. dialogue, um, yeah, and there's no there's no way to do a dub version. It's only subtitled. So mm. if you don't like just listening to a foreign language and reading for 80 hours then it'd be for you yeah yeah uh so check that out it's on game pass but and also there's no cross save between pc and xbox uh game pass yeah there's this is frustrating yeah they need to work on that uh next is outriders mark have you played it all i have it. i downloaded it and haven't touched it at all i had a, a busy weekend well, I won't go too deep because I want you to enjoy it, but I will tell you this game is by People Who Can Fly. I think that's right. People Who Can Fly? People Can Fly, I think. People Can Fly, yeah. Um, and they're making basically it's um, Gears of War crossed over with the loot and upgrades of a Destiny. Um, it's multiplayer. Um, it's single player, but you can have multiplayer team squad of like four people. And you pick classes and you upgrade your gear your weapons, and your classes. And I'm not sure if you can ever go back. You can't really go back and change your class once you're set. So you're kind of stuck. Mm. So try it out if you can, but that's okay. the hard part, right, with these. It's like you're committing to it, and it's like if you don't like it, go back and play another 30 hours. I remember when Destiny first came out, and, and most of these games, honestly. Anthem was kind of the same. Um, I must have watched and read hours worth of content where it would have been honestly easier and less time consuming to just start the friggin' game like three or four times until I found the class that I liked. And then like, you know, actually started like my actual save file. Um, Man, yeah, I always go so deep into those like deep dive of like, Hey, if you like this kind of gameplay, follow, you know, check out this, this, class or if you like this type of gameplay you know so i yeah that was one of the things that i when once i saw this, this there's so many classes uh it's good to know that i can't restart it because now you've set up a a rabbit hole worth of shit for me to dive into on youtube before i even begin to look at starting this game so uh so that's great i, I do love I, I love doing that stuff though <laughs> i like geek i geek right out about it so uh this is this is gonna be fun yeah, and if you played the demo, your progress carries over, which is great, so you don't feel like you've wasted your time. And I picked the flame class, whatever that basically is. So I shoot flames, I can absorb energy-causing pain at the same time, which is kind of like a Legacy of Cain type of thing, which is kind cool. of interesting. Yeah, there's some different power-ups. There's lots of three different, I think, three different weapon classes. You can swap between your three different weapons. Um, and like I said, you can upgrade all of your clothes and everything like that. But I will tell you, it commits the sin of destiny that you look like a dork half the time to get better gear. It never <laughs> looks good. You're like, I went to the thrift store, and this is what I look like. Enjoy. Uh, one of the few things that Avengers really, really got right was, I think, anyway, uh, the the upgrade gear not being tied to how you look cosmetically as as terrible as some of the costumes in avengers are and we talked about this on the last episode i think um i personally enjoyed that because i could pick the captain america that i wanted to and then upgrade all the other stuff separately and not look like an even worse thrift store Captain America than the designs already were. <laughs> that great value uh, brand 
Captain America. But um, okay, all right, I can I can yeah. still dig that. Yeah, I, so I've, I've enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. I'm playing it solo. I, I keep looking to see if any of my friends are playing, and a lot of them weren't, so which is surprising because it seems like everybody was playing the game. Yeah. Um, and so I'm playing on Xbox, but obviously there's – and it's – once again, this is a weird one. It's not on Game Pass for PC. So once okay. again, a disparity there, which is a little frustrating because, you know, if I, like my son's playing on the Xbox, I could play it on PC. Can't do it now, so a little frustrating there. Um, but uh, it is cross-play, though. So regardless of what you're on, you can play with your friends, which I think is a huge improvement. So I love that. It's great. Um, yeah, I don't know if your saves cro- uh, carry over, say, if you wanted to play another platform. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But, okay. you know, the cool part is you it, play wherever you want and play with your friends. So that's cool. Um, but I will say this last thing about this game. Um, I So I think you will like the cover, like Gears. I think it's a lot of fun. I think this is that good mashup of uh, a Division Two Gears the, the loot of destiny with the gameplay, the playing together with your friends. So I think this is a could be a big game. It's it's like B tier destiny though, or B tier gears with the story. It's not good. The acting isn't good. The graphics aren't great. So it's it's not it's not gonna be that next big thing. This is also not a games as a service game. It's basically once you beat the campaign, it's over. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not. Don't think this is gonna. This is like Gears Net in sense. You know, it's you don't cool. feel like, oh my god, I have to keep coming back to this game, which I think is a nice change. I don't know how long this is, but mm. I think that's a welcome opportunity to for people to commit to it and then be done. Interesting. Yeah, I, I really thought there's a. I admittedly, haven't looked too much into. Uh, I guess the the overall story slash gameplay of this. I've I've seen gameplay bits, but not like overarching like games as a service versus like one and done kind of thing so uh so that's interesting to know maybe i will dive into this game a little quicker than i planned to uh i did like i said i was busy this weekend but i did read one article uh you know five things i wish i knew about outriders before i started kind of thing and it was a little like touching on the classes and that's where i was like no no no, i gotta like i gotta study first Yeah. yeah uh but it was also talking a little bit about the cover system and uh, and and different ways to approach that that's not quite like Gears and that kind of stuff. And I'm surprised to hear the story isn't great after Bulletstorm was uh, basically Oscar-worthy uh, and riveting the whole way through. Um, that's I mean, weird from this you, you come you come for the yeah you come for the ass kicking you stay for the dictates right that's, I think that was the, that was their number one thing people remember that game that that, that game. Oh my goodness. That's oh, it. Wow. So that's that's fun. It's it's a popcorn game, right? It's it's just like a dumb action movie that uh, that I, I can dig that. I, I like it. Yeah. If you, but I will say last thing, if you play it solo, do not be afraid to turn down the difficulty because that's something I think the difficulty tuning by yourself they don't tune it at all. Like I was playing oh, on okay. easy, I was getting destroyed because they just come in waves and it's like. I need my wingman, but I have no wingman. So how right. do you even defend yourself? So I put it on story mode, and, and I'm perfectly fine. It's still a challenge, but I'm having a good time. So maybe they'll tweak the difficulty for solo players. Gotcha. But I think they're doing that because they want you to find your friends. So yeah, that could maybe be. Maybe it's incentive. Yeah. 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 Well, that is it for what I've been playing. I've been playing one other thing, but actually it leads into the story that we're going to go into. And, and Mark um, – I'm gonna get what to you- the last bit that's that I've been playing the uh, the the oh, Apple yeah. Arcade drop before we move on to that because like I said it does kind of lead in to some of the stuff that we're talking about. So Apple Arcade, I've I've been 
a roundabout subscriber since it came out. So I, I tested it out for a bit, then kind of dropped off a little bit. But then it was part of like my Apple One subscription that gets all of the subscriptions. Basically, I get this free because I was already paying for a ridiculous amount of uh, of iCloud storage for my family and, and all that shit. So um, essentially, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of paying for this. But, you know, one of the services is free. So why not this one? Anyway, it's always just kind of been on the back burner. Every once in a while, I'll test out a new game. But this past week or this past weekend, really, they did a massive, massive drop of like 30 games or something ridiculous like that. Uh, but the approach that they're doing is very interesting. So there's some new stuff, which is is awesome. So there's like NBA 2K21 uh, arcade version, which I tried out on my Apple TV. It's good. Like it is an arcadey type of like basketball game it's it's not i don't you know it doesn't deep dive i think like the console versions would it still looks okay uh it's it's definitely not gonna you know the the sweat factor is not gonna be up as much as it is on the the ps5 and series x but it looks it looks passable um world of demons is uh one that that you mentioned on twitter and i saw it but didn't download it and i i literally like downloaded it right away that's a new platinum game uh, that one kind of looks like Okami. You're a samurai. You're fighting uh, Japanese demons and uh, yokai and stuff like that. It is it is really really cool. Um, I'm I'm early into that game, but I love the artwork. I love the style in it. Uh, the combat is pretty cool. You get yokai on your team, so you can use different power ups, kind of Pokemon esque. Um, but it is right now kind of a linear path run to the next battle kind of thing like it's 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 weird in its setup and i think it could get a little repetitive maybe but so far i'm i'm really enjoying what i've i've seen it and like i said the art style is amazing it looks so good on the ipad and i played that one with a controller on my ipad so good it's it's really great um then the other original what was i, I was saying i was just playing it uh, right before we started recording uh todd's cat just Ran across the screen. <laughs> I got very distracted. Uh, Fantasian is uh, a new one from uh, Mistwalker, I believe. But that's the it's the the people Sakaguchi. that brought you. Yeah, it's uh, Final Fantasy from the creator of Final Fantasy uh, Sakaguchi, like Todd just said. Um, this one's really cool. It's a bit. It, I'm sure people have seen about this and maybe not or seen this and, and maybe not know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, I remember seeing this because it's 150 handmade dioramas that they blend with the digital characters. So it's like 3D characters, but on a physical diorama that there's like a picture of or the camera kind of moves a little bit. So it, it takes a second to get used to, but you, you see it and it looks beautiful. Like there are some of these diorama sets, like even in the preview screenshots, if you go to Apple arcade, like it is gorgeous. And like I said, I was playing it right before we started recording to the point where I was a little late to start recording. Sorry, Todd. Uh, but I got really into this game and I don't usually get into JRPGs. So that's saying something. Um, so check that one out. But the rest of these Apple arcade games is something that I never knew that I needed, but now that it's there, it's like, why didn't they do this from the start? So it's like remakes, remasters, plus versions 
of older games. So there, there's the room, there's trees, there's crossword, there's the Oregon Trail, there's um, Rains, Monument Valley Plus, uh, Fruit Ninja Classic Plus, Cut the Rope Remastered. Like there's so many things. Chameleon Run, Badland Plus, like all of these games with the plus on them, they're free, like with without any like in-app purchases or ads or anything like that. It's just your regular Apple Arcade that's that's like you don't have to worry about being bugged. Um, man, they're so good. Don't Starve is on there. Uh, I've been playing one with my wife that she is completely addicted to and challenges me every single night. And uh, that is – I'm trying to think of the name of it. Shoot, it's like a, a song – trivia game uh so if you like a uh, song pop party so oh, you, nice it plays like a few seconds of a clip and it's whoever gets it first of what song that is uh and you compete so you can compete i think four players can compete on that one so we've been playing that on apple tv a lot uh but she also used her phone as a controller yesterday um before we were using two xbox controllers as the controllers um but she was able to use her phone and you just like plug in a code to join the party so i don't even know this could possibly work online uh which would be crazy but it's super fun and again when i first saw that game it shows how much mobile games kind of broke us so when i first saw that game all of the like it basically starts you off like there's different categories so like 1970s classics um rock pop whatever right soundtracks but there's only one thing so each in each of those categories there's like subcategories so like in soundtracks it could be movie soundtracks tv show soundtracks video game soundtracks all that kind of stuff um but there's only one unlocked and then the rest of them have little locks on them that you have to later unlock so i saw that at first forgetting for a second that it was an apple arcade game i was like Oh my god! I'm just gonna delete this now because there's no way I'm spending $300 unlocking each one of these stupid freaking categories so we can get which guess which UK theme song this is. Like, there's no way. And I was like, wait a second, this is Apple Arcade. There's no microtransactions, so how do you unlock it? So you literally just unlock them by getting keys that you get just from playing the other right. things. Oh, like the old-fashioned way, Mark. Right. <laughs> I know it's such a novel idea, but as a mobile game, like I said our brains are broken to not expect this. So when it was literally like, yeah, here, just play a couple of rounds and you'll get some keys and then you can unlock more stuff. So we've been going through every night and being like, Oh, let's go 1970s. We're close to unlocking uh, another, another key in that. Cause you can see your levels you, as you basically, as you level up each time you level up, you get two keys on average, it's four keys to unlock a new thing. So you, you start to play strategically that way too, of like, okay, pop's really close and so is R&B. We're not really great in the R&B category, but let's play it anyway because we can maybe unlock a couple of keys. So it really makes you play all of the categories, even ones that you're a little weak at. And we've surprised ourselves a few times by <laughs> being like, hey, we're not great on country, but uh, let's let's try it. And it's like, hey, Shit, we we actually got a couple of these country songs and we unlocked some keys, so that's cool. Uh, but it is it is a blast, man. So um, Apple Arcade, mix of new and classic games without microtransactions. It just went from like B to C tier service that I kind of forgot about to like holy shit, I want more. <laughs> like release 
everything. Like, I just want, like, all those old games that I forgot about, like, just just bring them back. Like, I've been playing the hell out of Fruit Ninja and uh, Cut the Rope. Like, that brings me straight back to, like, the first iPad that... Oh, we're getting nostalgic about mobile games, mobile which games. is so funny. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But, like, anyway, that's, that's where I'm at. So, uh, if you have any kind of nostalgia, even that you didn't realize that you had, like... Apple Arcade is becoming the place. And, like, it, there's there's also just regular, like, chess, checkers, backgammon, Sudoku, like, all that kind of stuff. It's just instantly all there. It's crazy. Um, and that, I guess, is showing off, like, Apple had a dying service. There was waning interest. And it looks like they threw a ton of money in in this, like, focused effort to bring that service back in a new and exciting way that, you know, some other places would just die. And, you know, Apple has those really deep pockets and it's, it's interesting to see, like, as as far as mobile games right now, there's no one that can really compete in that market with Apple Arcade. And I wouldn't have said that before. I would have said Apple Arcade is kind of like, you know, passing thing. Um, Now, it's like, oh no, Apple like really invested in it. They're really doing some cool stuff. I, in a mobile sense, like I don't think anyone else is coming close. And that leads us right into the topic this week is Microsoft. What are they doing? Can anyone compete? Todd, you want to lead us into the rest of this? Yeah, and and it really came from the mindset of what is uh, Xbox's biggest asset. You know, people have said a lot of different things. It's Gears, it's Halo. And I kind of come to the conclusion, no, it's Microsoft's wallet. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, Microsoft is at least, what, the, the, at least number one, two, or three of the companies. Google, Apple, uh, uh, Amazon, Microsoft. I mean, they're just up there. I think Sony is worth, like, a sixth (laughs) <laughs> of what Microsoft's worth, Nintendo in the same boat is is in that same boat. They're just not financially as huge. Money opens a lot of doors. And at any point during the Xbox One era, um, Microsoft could have closed its doors on Xbox. I mean, it wasn't making money. It wasn't competing with Sony. And But Phil Spencer, once they, once they fired um, – oh, I can't remember the guy who went to Zynga um, – <laughs> Like who who was the the VP of Xbox at the time? Uh, man, I can't remember his name. Don either. Patrick. That's what his name. That's was. the one. Sorry, I'm looking up trillion dollar companies. Uh, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Petro China. Uh, right. Big oil. Are, are in that list. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. so. Uh, that was update of 2020. So I'm not sure there there might be some other some changes. Microsoft even worse but, more uh, now because of. Yeah, because of their online services and yeah, I mean, up. you know, you're you're talking trillion dollars. That is that is ridiculous. And like I said, Apple is one of those companies. Amazon's another. Um, so you know, but but Microsoft, yeah, you can't. You know, I'll look up maybe Sony's value, but yeah, keep keep going. <laughs> yeah, Sony 140 billion. So like you there said, you not, even, not like a tenth of yeah. their of where they're at. Even if that um, Nintendo's probably at. 120 billion because they are just primarily video games so yeah it's, it's very hard but you know apple like you said apple can pour money into apple arcade 
make those deals, keep the price at $5 a month, and, and, and reintroduce people. Say, hey, we've got a lot going on because if they do that – they will make their money back just like you, Mark, because you're locked into those like extra Apple services. You stop, That's forget, it. you pay for it, and it's it's banked money regardless if you play one game or a million of them. It's the same cost. Um, yeah, so when Xbox I'm, – I'm not sure who came up with the idea for Game Pass, but in a way, it was a differentiator. Um, along with um, a differentiator was being able to purchase how many studios yeah. and um, <laughs> invest – yeah, invest in all of these key areas because someone was had the vision to say, we have a different path and can be successful, but you need to fund our vision. Google was is huge, and look what they did. They kind of stepped away from creating games because games aren't cheap, and they take time, and that's not their wheelhouse. So not everybody can do this that has money because some people are impatient. So some people will be very patient. So in this instance, that's why I'm saying – I think Microsoft, their their wallet allows Xbox to do a lot of things in hope that this will all pay off down the road. And because they have so much money, they don't have to worry about next year or the next year, the next year, because Microsoft Word, Office 365, the Azure servers, uh, Microsoft Teams, those will all do well. And they will fund these other pieces that will get Xbox as a household name and give a, a fuzzy feeling to Microsoft where they weren't before. Um, so, so Mark, in regards to this, I mean, there's a couple of different levers they're pulling that um, I just don't know if anybody else can do these things. Yeah, it's uh, there's, there's an insane amount of stuff on Game Pass already. I don't think anyone's going to argue. Everyone says it's the best value in gaming. Uh, but, I mean, they, ju- they just keep pushing it. So we saw recently uh, 22 indie games in the, the indie showcase that they had uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, and, and, and surprises. Like you were talking about in Rita Boy. Uh, there's, you know, other just awesome looking indie games. Then that we had crazy little um, surprises like undertale and stuff, uh, you know, dropping and, and man, just like so much stuff. So, uh, and, and that's just indies, but we've had other things. Uh, Outriders, you were just talking day one on, uh, on game pass. And th- this next one surprised the hell out of me as, as our resident Sony guy, MLB the show. What? This what? one, this one's crazy <laughs> because it it definitely it makes you think. It's like, what is even not possible on Game Pass? We had Octopath Traveler, which was a Nintendo exclusive that came over to mm-hmm. Game Pass. You were like, I didn't expect to see that game come forward. Uh, we get like you said, Outriders, but MLB the show that is a franchise that sony has owned it's the only real baseball licensed simulation baseball game since i think ea stopped doing the triple play and i think 2k did a baseball game but it's essentially they've owned it because it's been a critical darling has been the only place you place is playstation so it's been a valuable franchise but it's a license and this is where you get into that difficult situation where mlb could cancel the license for sony and say you can't do this so this sounds like in a way if you're in a Sony system, you're going to pay at a minimum 60 on PS4, 70 on PS5, 85 I think for the Jackie Robinson version, or you can pay a dollar for a month of Game Pass 
and play MLB The Show for a month. That is crazy. Or pay an extra $10 and have it for two months. Or if you're like me, who bought a ridiculous amount of weeks of Game Pass yeah. for 85 cents a week, <laughs> I'm good for three <laughs> years. I think I, I, Microsoft hates me. They want to, like, kill me. Like, do not tell anybody. But, yeah, I mean, so this is one of those scenarios where this is a win-win for MLB because they grow their fan base. I mean, they essentially are publishing. This is how they're doing. They're publishing it on Xbox. So it's not Sony, but even though Sony developed it and basically made the game. So I'm guessing when they renegotiated the license, they said, you will put this out on every system. We Mm. will, you will um, be the the, um, publisher for it. And I'm assuming Sony is being um, paid for somehow being, reimbursed for this so it's not a bad thing and sony gets their name out on all the xbox kind of like the minecraft thing gets on everybody so this is a unique situation and mlb just like every sports game these days there's revenue that goes on forever with their what ultimate cards and teams and things like that like nba 2k i think they make more off of their their dlc stuff than they do actually the game itself so um, i think that is a big thing so xbox i just can't imagine how much they paid for this though i mean it's not cheap no no, I mean, but it's it's paying for its own marketing. I mean, we're talking about it now. It, it dumbfounded both of us. So you could do a big marketing push and spend whatever, $100 million or whatever you want to spend on marketing. Or you could pull one of the most surprising moves that we've seen from Microsoft this year. And that's friggin' saying something. And you could just pay for this to be on Game Pass and you just like, hey, Sony, we just took your game, but we're also putting it on Game Pass. And I'd really love to know if this conversation went to Sony or just went straight to the MLB and be like, no, we want to just pay you guys to put this on. And they're like, right, you know, yeah, we did want this to hit other consoles. So sure, throw us some money. <laughs> you know, like I want I want to know that conversation so bad. Yeah, well, I mean, this is where it gets interesting because Sony had to develop for the Xbox as well. So yeah. Sony knows a little bit more about Xbox now, just like, uh, you know, Microsoft knows a little bit about Sony with Microsoft or with Minecraft. With Minecraft so yeah. it's this weird, I mean, cross progression of these things. And it, it, it just opens up your mind to say, well, what's next? Because um, Microsoft has been on all these different platforms. They're going mobile, streaming, all these different things, spending money to get more people into the service. And that's really what it is with Microsoft. I know Microsoft wants to sell boxes because that's how the easiest way to get people in the door to their services. But ideally, they want to be on your TV. They want to be on your phone. They want to be the lowest level of difficulty to get there. But this is one way to do it. We've got every sport now on Xbox. And Game Pass is the best play to – I mean, every sport is on Game Pass now with EA Play. Um, I can't think of any sport that's not on there. Maybe it's Cricket 2009 or, or <laughs> like uh, curling. I don't know. Maybe there's something odd yeah. event. Yeah. So, um, Mark, and I'm, I'm just thinking about this. I mean, it just opens the door to say, well, if this is possible, what else is possible? Um, I mean, Game Pass right now, it, it's kind of in a, a weird position because ultimately streaming still is kind of locked yeah. on. It's coming, though. Streaming is coming. It's coming. We, we literally today. Earlier, mm-hmm. I, I put a tweet in here. I, you know, people people saw it. It got around. Uh, and it was weird. It was Phil Spencer saying, so I, I guess, no, first, Walmart 
tweeted out like a few days ago. Uh, looking to take your Xbox gaming experience on the go? Check out the new cloud gaming beta with Xbox pa- uh, Game Pass Ultimate with Walmart and learn more. So they did this little article. They tweeted about it. Phil Spencer said, great job by Walmart spotlighting how xCloud works with xGPU and what you need to give it a try. Then some guy just responded, Demon5379. Sure. iOS soon? Question mark. We've all done that. We've all seen that. And most of the time it goes completely unanswered. Phil frickin' Spencer just replied yes. Yeah. Pretty much. So, what? I, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So, confirmation that it's coming soon. We, I mean, we knew it was on the horizon. We knew they're going browser-based. That's not a secret. But, like, responding yes to coming soon, like, that means it's freaking coming soon. Like, I'm excited. That's going to open up a whole new thing. And as more people get the vaccine and the world opens up a bit, this is perfect timing because we're no longer stuck in our houses with multiple options and multiple screens that are right there. Now we're like, okay, yeah, summer's coming. Travel's opening up a little bit in some places. Let's get some streaming on the go. And this is going to be the perfect thing at the perfect time. And Boy, am I excited if you couldn't tell from my voice reaching octaves that it hasn't in a while. Uh, Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, so if we can get Game Pass streaming on any device, you're only limited by your um, connection. And if you have an input, I mean, a lot of the games have touchscreen inputs. They've just put that out. They have backwards compatible games that are coming out. That was a big announcement, too. Um, And that really opens up basically anything essentially with a browser becomes Mm -hmm. open play like stadia because that's how they're going to basically do game pass on ios it's going to have to go through a web interface because they aren't allowing apps um and that's where you would see that probably come to mac right i mean it would be on your whatever edge bro do they have an edge browser on macintosh (laughs) well i mean realistically if it's if it's coming to mobile ios uh it it would in theory work on a mac because they'd have to be using safari uh you would you would assume so, yeah, uh, unless they go with another browser and they say, if you want to play yeah, Game Pass, you oh. have to download this or something. I don't know. They, they could work it that way, a Chromium browser or something. But, um, yeah, if they go the Safari route, uh, it stands to reason that, yeah, you could use it on Mac, iOS, uh, including iPad. Uh, you know, right now the only the the real weak point would be an Apple TV type type device. But I mean that that product is uh, I love mine, but it's definitely not for everyone. I can't recommend Apple TV to anyone unless you're you know um, a, a diehard Apple. But even then, like most of those apps are now built into my TV, so that's just a device that's just around my house because it is. Uh, I wouldn't buy a new one if that one broke. And I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and and to, to even get a little bit more, you know, surprising, I saw an article about you can get Game Pass streaming on PC now, but it's a little iffy. I'm like, okay, I like iffy. <laughs> that's what that's why I own a, a Windows PC because everything's iffy. You know, like I said, I'm, I've got a game that's not supposed to lag and it lags. Um, so I found uh basically through a website that basically allowed me to install through a Spanish app, the Game Pass streaming app for PC. 
I was playing it today. I even have a screenshot here from Mark. I was playing Destiny 2 on it. So um, it worked. You know, I, there was a, this is a test app, so this is not like end product either. But I tried a couple games. It wasn't working. I think there was an issue with my connection. But then I was able to play Destiny 2 on it. It worked really well. My 360 controller, just boom, playing it. Or not my, my Xbox One controller, sorry. But I mean, yeah, I was playing it. it. It performed well. Now, the visuals, I think, is the biggest challenge of putting it on a bigger screen. Yeah. But that's going to be solved because we are going to get Series X hardware on the server end for streaming sometime this year. So mm-hmm. that becomes, once again, fighting off Stadia. Because that's been the big thing with Stadia. It's like 4K gaming, all these things. Current uh, X Cloud, I believe, is 720p right now, which isn't a big deal when you're playing it on a, a small phone or something like that. But um, this is what opens the door for it to be on your Roku, uh, Xbox streaming device, whatever, or your TV app. So they've got a way to break into your home. You know, maybe you buy a, a three month subscription and you get a controller. Do something. You know, make it lower that mm-hmm. level of difficulty to get in. And that's where they can get you. And you could see Game Pass on a Sony TV, maybe down the road, Samsung, all these things. Some people have talked about maybe even Samsung may say a TV with, you know, that interface built in right there from the launch. And it's the best way to play uh, Series X uh, streaming. So, you know, these are all like things are just kind of crazy. And but it's really like I said, you know, Microsoft, they are a software company. And this is where they excel. They're in a server-based company. This is where they excel. These are all things that take time, effort, and resources to build up. And like I said, there's only a few companies that do this. Amazon, who's doing Luna, which so far I haven't heard anything more about that. Google has a platform, but they're not really behind it more than just offering a storefront uh, and streaming. And that's about it. So, I mean, if you think about this, it's like, hmm. And I can tell you, basically playing PS Now on my my, my PC – it was horrible. I couldn't get a steady connection. I have a one gig connection. It was not playable. And that is a big problem. It works great for downloadable games on my PS5 because it's exactly like Game Pass. But right. the streaming part is so much more to be done. So, um, but Mark, I mean, we talked about all these pieces, but the things they've been able to do with their software teams are make the games you loved in the past even better. I was just going to say, you mentioned backwards compatibility before. And, like, they're not slowing down at pushing the newest technology. They're also using that new technology to make sure the old stuff doesn't get left behind. And and it's, it's in fact, preserved and made better when possible, which is uh, something I think a lot of us wish Nintendo would put a little bit more care in. And we've, we've talked, you know, I don't want to dump on Nintendo too much. We've talked about how there are some things that they've done to improve the catalogs or improve the gameplay or whatever on, you know, some of the stuff on Nintendo switch online. I don't think that services as terrible as some people, but then you get something like the, the 3d collection and you get that discussion of, uh, preservation versus, uh, you know, uh, re- remaking or remastering <laughs> or improvement, right? Reselling uh, your catalog versus and that, that's it, right? Catalog. So, uh, yeah. you know, with with stuff like FPS boost, uh, you know, just upresing and and making backwards compatible games a priority. Uh, Microsoft is showing that not only are they super ready for the future with xCloud and, and streaming and, and all of this kind of really cool technology, but, you know, they're they're also like not forgetting the past. So they're they're just straight up becoming like 
one of the most important companies in gaming. Whether whether or not you are a fanboy or consider yourself an Xbox fan or whatever, but the stuff they're doing to keep other companies on their toes, uh, really push the envelope where they think it needs to be pushed. Like you said, put the money into the infrastructure, whether it is xCloud or, or new hardware that pushes things. Um, you know, We hear new stories every week about how, aside from some certain weird little games, um, you know, smart delivery is fantastic. And it's the, the thing that we were like, when we first heard about it, we were just like, Oh, who cares? Like, is That's that a actual- horrible name? What does it even and, mean? Right. Yeah. And now it's like, if a game doesn't give me that level of easiness, like, like we just saw with Tony Hawk, like GTFO, <laughs> like, uh, you yeah. know, like, it, it's just like, wow. Did they ever nail that? Like it's, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, they are, I, I don't know, man. I, I I don't think anyone can compete with the level of passion that Microsoft has for for the future of gaming, for the history of gaming, and and for the right now of gaming. They are just say what you will about them, but I, I think they are just incredibly passionate. And I think that's that's largely Phil Spencer, but I think the whole team there. Um, you have to have those deep pockets, but you also have to have patience and belief and uh and and i think uh phil i think satya nadella um believes what phil tells him because <laughs> I, I don't know if he's uh you know super into the gaming side of things but he has the trust there and he, i think he has he knows that he has a great team with uh with phil and the rest of them on the, in the xbox division and uh it's it's amazing to see it all come together because it didn't for a while Let's be honest. Like, you know, they they dropped the ball on the Xbox One. They they took a long time to get here, but now that they're here, like, like you said, being able to see all of this at once and look at it in a kind of a retrospective for the last couple of months, it's like, wow, they are pulling all the pieces of this puzzle together, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, and I would say even with that, they are. They are the PC player. I mean, Sony doesn't even make PC. They used to make laptops and things like that. They don't anywhere. Um, and and so in that instance, if they can finally, and I think that's the, probably the biggest thing that they've still got a gap on. They've never been able to to nail PC gaming. The I think the Xbox game app on our PC is constantly needing updates. Like, what is going on, guys? Their storefront on PC is horrible. Like, I can't buy um, certain games on PC. Like, I wanted to buy the Mass Effect collection on xbox for pc and i can't because hmm. i'm like oh, i want to be able to play it on pc and x and xbox but you can't <laughs> so there's still some gaps there that i still think they need to work on that because they've really struggled but they are building that bridge there with game pass i think that for pc because it's a great deal no there's nothing else like it nobody else offers a subscription service um on pc which is excellent and it gets you into those games um you know you get the first party games and they they, they are expanding it now with ea play it's the amount of games that are there are just phenomenal. Um, so they are slowly fixing some of their their gaps that I'd say still exist. I still grouse. There's no Destiny 2 yet. There's no Outriders. <laughs> so there's things they need to fix. But, I mean, there's other games they bring out that aren't available on Xbox either. So right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, so I, I think there are things that are going to improve. And I think because they were, at first hesitant to be the the PC type of when they launched originally. We don't want to be a PC company. We want to be this. But – by basically leveraging that PC hardware, 
it's now allowing them to have this ability to have the broadest catalog of games from the past to the present and having those games be better than they've ever been before, which is excellent. Um, whereas you've got other systems where we don't know what Switch is going to do in the future. Will those games be available in the future? I don't know. Nobody has confidence in Nintendo um, in regards to what their plan is because they've taken games off the marketplace <laughs> right in the middle of their livelihood, which is which is yeah. funny. Nintendo, uh, Mario's dead. Yeah, I, and they're games that are like, and you'll never be able to play what's the uh, Mario uh, 35. Yeah. 35, we will never see that game again. I, yeah. I don't know in that way. I don't know how they can make it again. So that's weird. Uh, Sony closed PS3, Vita, PSP, which was the the fact that the PSP store, you could still buy things, just blew my mind, right? It's like, what? Yes. Yeah, who knew that was still there? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I think this is just, and hopefully what it means, a stronger Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Just like any other competition drives better performance. Although, quite honestly, I don't think it does anything to Nintendo. I, I think Nintendo could care less what everybody else, but it's really Sony's hand that is being pushed right now. And I think people are waiting for what is Sony going to do, and hopefully it's for the best and improves whatever they're offering now and makes it a much more uh, a, a more reliable service. Because right now, Sony can say, hey, we've got the best first-party games. We've got everybody putting out first-party games. And, and Xbox can say, well, that's fine. But right now, we're giving you Outriders Day 1. Because we don't have any games right now, so we're filling those gaps with even your own games, Sony, until we get Halo in our own games. Because once they fire in all, like on all, uh, you know, uh, fire in all cylinders with their own studios, Mark. I mean, there's going to be six or seven Xbox Game Studio games a year, and mm-hmm. that's so, so. I mean, wow, kudos to Xbox and what they're doing. Um, I don't want to put anybody on a pedestal because once you do that. Phil Spencer says, you know what, I'm retiring and making my beer factory like the like the guys from uh, 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 Bioware did, their beer barons or whatever now. And you could get another Don Matrick that could totally host you and say, oh, guess what? All those things you like on Game Pass, you're trapped in it. We're eliminating all party <laughs> games. It's only like Netflix. It's only first party games. And yeah. so you may not get new games every month. So. And this is going to be the Game Pass is now the best place to watch live TV. Just plug in your cable subscription and uh, Game Pass is the best. Yeah, if we ever see that again, I'm just I'm gonna quit. Uh, fantasy football team league. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you did mention Nintendo not caring, and I I will back that up a little bit, but I'll also say they don't care until they have to. Uh, and we saw that with the Wii. Uh, with the Wii, they were very much again marching to the beat of their own weird little drummer. Uh, the drummer was named Ravi, and he was terrible. Uh, but it, uh, until the shovelware started going. People started adapting to uh, or, or adopting uh, HD TVs, and uh, much quicker than anyone anticipated, especially Nintendo. And then the Wii started dying off. Aside from with like you know families and, and old folks' homes and stuff, um, and like Netflix boxes, basically is, is what that became. Like my my wife's mother bought a Wii because it was the cheapest way to get Netflix. They like, put a Netflix disc in it right at first. I think so. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. 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 It was weird. Um, so, you know, the, yes, the switch is fine. It's selling like gangbusters. And of course people have, you know, have gone on to 4k. Um, but you know, the, if, and this is a big if, cause you know, it continues to sell like crazy, but if interest in the switch ever, for some reason tanked and it might with streaming services, if they can nail that, if, if it's 
Google, if it's X, uh, you know, Microsoft, Xbox, whatever, uh, Amazon, whoever nails that with a steady bit that's reliable and, you know, and, and good quality, um, and people start to see the benefit of that. And you're seeing more controllers out. I thought I saw Joseph Moran, uh, even though we're in a blood feud now, apparently, uh, I saw him, he, he was asking about which controller he should get for his mobile device, uh, and weighing a couple of different options. And it was like, people are really starting to pay attention to this. And, and as soon as that hits the, the mass market, uh, and like you said, you know, adding touch controls to more games and, and that kind of stuff, um, that's going to start to steal pieces of Nintendo's pie that they've been enjoying for years with the mobile market, especially Uh, that's, that's going to put them in a scary position. And Nintendo sadly does one of two things when they're in a position where they're up against the wall, they either come out with something completely wacky, like the Wii U that flops or when they're really pushed up against the wall, they come out with something amazing like the switch. So uh, hopefully they can keep the switch, magic going but it'll be interesting to see how nintendo counters this and if they do and they have to be paying attention as much as they seem to be off in their own little nintendo land uh you have to think that they're like well here's what's next and we're gonna we're gonna wait to play this card until we absolutely have to um and everyone keeps saying you know switch pro has to release this year and i've said that myself and it's ridiculous to think but uh, eventually they will come up to a point where they're like, I guess we have to push this out and here's your new super switch XL and we'll all buy it. Yeah. And it's funny. We listened to a YouTuber named Arlo. I don't know if you've ever seen Arlo, yep. uh, the blue Muppet who is, he's just great. Uh, we love him. Uh, very family friendly. If you like Nintendo news and video game news and just with a little bit of snark, he's great. Um, but he, he, he was really talking about how Furukawa, the new CEO of Nintendo has basically said, and it's very it was very interesting and it was very compelling to say he views that they look at every win as not as being it's it's not ephemeral or it's ephemeral it's it's only gonna last so long you have to be planning to the next because you could fail at any moment that's not a nintendo thing to say no so that not at all i like that yeah exactly you want somebody that's always looking you don't want to wait till the switches start to die on the vine because then it's like well, then you're reacting versus you're planning. So what is their next plan? What are they doing? Of course, they're making new hardware. They're doing all these things, iterating things like that. And it's going to be very interesting to see what they do next. If it's just iterative of the same hardware, then I don't know if people think that's big enough. But maybe Switch says, you know, we can't deliver those adult franchises. Maybe we partner with Nintendo just say put Game Pass on there because uh, streaming, because that's the only way you can play adult games because we're not going to be behind them and our hardware is not going to be the way we're not going to put out eternal darkness 2 we're not going to do these things internally on our own and and our third party aren't going to do it either because call of duty um is not on switch yet a lot of the biggest games port games don't exist so switch has some chinks in their armor um that just they haven't had to worry about yet so um people will essentially say you know switch seven years down the road it's a switch you know it's like oh yeah it's okay yeah Yeah. but they're not going to buy 85 switches if you know things don't change there's not a reason to buy it because my switch is good enough right and that becomes a uh because even if there's a mario kart 9 you don't need a new switch for mario kart 9 right so why would you buy a new switch it's just more hard more software so it's going to be interesting but that could be Mm -hmm. something they could do but they have been experimenting with streaming so they're taking a page from some of those games that they can't run. So maybe that's a page they could say, well, we've got our Switch Pro, and you've got your old Switch, you can do streaming. And by the way, Microsoft has the Azure servers that we're going to use to run the service. So it all comes 
Full circle. Very interesting to see if Microsoft would and could. I don't know what the approval process is, but as a developer, you would think that just like Hulu or YouTube, uh, Microsoft could technically just submit an app. That's the xCloud streaming app for Switch. Uh, Maybe there's something in there, you know, like a a non-compete kind of clause or something that you can't put a game store, kind of similar to to how the Apple Store works, uh, which is why they're going browser-based. It'll be interesting to see if there's anything restricting Microsoft from doing that, aside from their own like disinterest at this point, I suppose. Well, pull but, an Apple, we have to approve every uh, Xbox uh, game right, app, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I wonder if there is something on the Nintendo side that they wouldn't approve that. Cause I mean, we've gotten some really weird games on the eShop mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. shouldn't be there to shovelware, whatever. Like, is, is there dark, an approval process? Web right there. Absolutely. Oh. Uh, a couple come to mind that I'm not going to get into right nope. now, but uh, anyway, that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what, because like, I, I really think the Switch would be like the ultimate mobile Xbox if you just put xCloud on there. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, they do have to fix some of the hardware pieces if they do that, because Switch does not have the best mobile chipset for Wi-Fi, things like that. So sure. there, there are yeah. some things you have to improve. And by all means, put a damn Ethernet cable in that Switch dock, folks. Yeah, yeah, I had to buy. I, I have the adapter, and it, it does work pretty well. But uh, I mean, it's you know, yeah. Get all that space, the big piece of plastic work. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> oh well. Uh, so, folks, you know, Mark and I have rambled, but we've kind of tried to capture the the moment of that Microsoft is having because, they, man, they're just being celebrated. They they're taking almost all almost all of the the air in the room outside of Pokemon Snap and. Monster Hunter, right? <laughs> Monster Hunter is I, I like not a series I've gotten into weirdly since the the Wii, uh, which I tried and I was just like, nope, not for me. But I, man, the, I I was literally listening to uh, kind of funny earlier walking my dog uh, about an hour before we started recording, and uh, I don't know, man, I I'm super tempted to try this new one. Play the demo. It's there. And if yeah, you like I know. it, I, know. I, I, I got it from Gamefly and I started watching videos and I'm like, that doesn't look entertaining at all. You're just like, you're just hitting a monster nonstop. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. It looks like an MMO, actually. Whereas like World of Warcraft, I'm like, I don't even think I'm like, so I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the heck is even happening? So I, <laughs> to me, it's like, nope, not for me. I'm getting away. No, nope, not for me. So I think if I started playing it, I'd need some friends. So if anyone is playing yeah. it right now and you want to like, you know, hold my hand and walk me through and try to convince me to buy this game. Fire me a message. I know I'll I'll play the demo. I play, I I can't remember if I set it to download or not. 10 hours or something like that too. It's not not slim. So I think you'll know in 10 hours if you like it or not. So Todd, speaking of monsters, before we go, do you think we have time for a quick bonus round? Absolutely, Mark. We like to have fun. We've, we've, okay. we've, we've, we've and, and you're basically challenging me. <laughs> and it's funny because you talked about like, hey, can we have a game? And I'm like, sure, why not? This could be fun. So, this Mark, is, uh, tell people about this game. This is a fun new segment that I hope to continue called Pokey Todd uh, or Toddamon. I think Poke Todd. I think is better. I think let's okay. let's go with Poke Todd. Got to catch them all. Uh, so basically, Todd. You would you consider yourself a Pokemaniac? Uh, I am the oldest of old school, Mark. Right. When I was in the Air Force, a single guy, uh, I had the Pokemon cartoon playing in the background. Okay. So I could do the Pokemon rap, I all that stuff. Never played a Pokemon game though. 
All right. Okay. So that's why I'm avoiding the original 151. Okay. And uh, and we're going for some other Pokemon because I think Todd's knowledge of the Pokedex is a little waning after uh, after Gen 1. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to give Todd a Pokemon name, and Todd is going to describe what he thinks that Pokemon looks like, including the type and evolutionary path, if it has then. So... Todd, I just want you to go off like you did earlier because that was one of the funniest things I've ever I've ever witnessed, and uh, I really liked the banter there. Uh, when I was testing this <laughs> earlier and wondering if uh, if this would work as a segment or as a game, uh, I said shuckle, and Todd's description was water type looks like a clam wearing a belt. And it shoots clamato juice through a clam hole and uses its gross clam foot for the shell shock attack. Its ultimate form is Oysteron. Uh, so for anyone that doesn't know, Shuckle kind of looks like a gooey turtle. It is a bug slash rock type, and it does not evolve. So Todd really knocked that one out of the park. Uh, <laughs> so here we go, Todd. And Mark, Two I'm going to keep my hands elevated. You can see me. Okay. So I'm not doing any Googling. So, no Google my head or something like that. I don't know. All right. So, I trust you implicitly. I do. Uh, all right, Todd, we're going to start with, uh, with one that I don't even know why I picked this one. So we're going to go with Rayquaza. <laughs> I watched too many YouTube videos where they have Raycons. So my mind's almost going that way. So Rayquaza yep. is a, Headphone-based audio <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> that that uses the power of hip hop to <laughs> to uh, pacify its creatures. It makes them do a little dance, <laughs> the love, and they can't fight back because they're too much in the groove. Um, it looks like. Uh, like I said, an old set of headphones uh, that you plug into a Walkman. It's got like eyes on the band, and it's got like uh, little hands on the and the and the little ear cups, and <laughs> just little jazz hands. <laughs> and its ultimate form is uh, Raycon, the the earbuds that you buy on. Yeah, and yeah, there you go. Oh my God! Seeing your description, I wish this was a video podcast because you actually did the jazz hands. <laughs> you said jazz hands, and that that physically broke me. Um, okay. And what type did you say this was? Uh, there's not a music type, is there? No. Is that a thing? No. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> my, my my premise is broken. Uh, I will say it's an air type because music travels through the air. Okay, so flying. Sure. No air type. Either. On the wings of love, Mark. It's <laughs> so a flying type. A flying type headphone Pokemon. I love the enthusiasm <laughs> and your jazz hands. Uh, Rayquaza is uh, a legendary Pokemon. It is basically a giant dragon snake that's green and has like. Uh, yeah, two tiny little arms and and like a big snake-looking dragon head. Um, it appeared in Ruby and Sapphire. It is a flying dragon type. So you did get the type right, partially. Um, 
doesn't evolve, so you were off with the evolution, <laughs> although I really wish there was that that ultimate headphone Pokemon. Um, great guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a picture of Rayquaza in a second. Uh, but... Uh, Todd, that was fantastic. I'm very, I'm very happy that you agreed to play along with this game with me, uh, because I am super happy now. So, if you have more Pokemon that you would like to suggest me to quiz Todd with, uh, please, please let me know, and uh, and we'll we'll try to stump Todd with uh, amazing Pokemon <laughs> descriptions. There's gotta uh, catch I them just, all, Mark. Gotta catch just, them all. They're in my mind palace right now. I just sent uh, Rayquaza there through Messenger, so you can you can check him out before we go. You know, that was that was awesome. That was awesome, Todd. Thank you. I'm sure Logan will be in, will, will be pleased by my performance. Absolutely. Okay, let me check this guy out. Oh, <laughs> is he like a badass? Is he like like Big robot? Guy. Part robot? What are those? Like, uh, yeah, weird. Yeah, he's got like weird like fins, like almost like uh, from a jet or something baked mm-hmm. in. Very odd. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely not on, you know, 1999's Pokemon cartoon. No, no, no. Uh, 2004, I believe, uh, popped up Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah, I was a married man by that point. My wife didn't let me watch Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Yes, weirdo twenty nine year old watching Pokemon. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not too weird anymore, is it? No. No, no. I'm sure we've all done. It's kind like the wheelhouse, that. right? That's the yeah. that's the switch wheelhouse. I think twenty nine year olds love Pokemon. Yeah, that's the one. Yep, yeah, that's the yeah. one. So uh, with that, I think we're all set. So Todd, uh, anything else you want to add? I'm no. So, so I mean, and if you have any ideas, like you know, maybe return the favor to Mark. If you have any like ideas of how we could stump Mark, because I think there's ways to do this. I can oh, reach out. I don't have a couple weeks ago. Oh, oh yeah, I think I, I think I reach into my grab bag of like games on like ancient consoles that Mark has never even heard of. The grab bag. I think we're together. I'm Perfect. not smart. Absolutely. Yeah, so that was a fun episode, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. We tried some things a little bit different this time. If you if you we just want your feedback though, really. And Mark, how can they share their feedback? Well, they can find us on Twitter at SecretFriendsU, at un- the underscore Canardian, or at T Oxtra for uh, for the Secret Friends overall, or Todd or myself. Uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, and please rate us on whatever podcast service you use. Five stars always helps with visibility. And, of course, like I said, uh, subscribing on YouTube also helps us grow there, too. We have uh, T-shirts over on TeePublic. Uh, and it's not just shirts. It's it's pretty much anything. Stickers and, koozies, and just shower curtains, any kind of product that we could throw a label G-strings. on. We did. So uh, they're, they're way more comfortable than you'd think, too. Uh, just going to adjust a little. There we go. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's it. Uh, you know, subscribe on uh, on podcast services. Listen to the rest of our shows. We've got uh, this one, of course, co-op mode. Uh, Secret Friends Unite proper with uh, Todd and Charlie. Code 47 is a Star Trek show. And Holocron Chronicles is Charlie and I geeking out about Star Trek every two weeks. So we'd uh, always appreciate a follow on your podcast service of choice. Oh, you mean the Holocronicles? Yes, Todd. The Holo freaking Chronicles. The Chronic what? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Mark, you need to add the rap in one of these weeks. Just pop it in for fun. Yes. 
Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. We had a lot of fun. Mark, thank you. And remember, folks, it's always better to game together.